Thanks for tuning in to this From the Stacks episode of How's Things, the official podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Nick Gunning. Join me today, if you will, on a little uh, journey of nostalgia here. Back in 2015, Eric Nichols and I started the All the Book Show, the first podcast uh, for the David A. Howe Public Library, recording you know, all over the library. That show ran for 275 numbered episodes and a whole, probably another 25 off-the-books episodes that were unnumbered, so roughly 300 episodes of that. Uh, before transitioning into the current show we have right now, How's Things, which you're currently listening to. Well, last year during the, the midst of the pandemic, we started a, a spinoff of the All the Book show called Comic Book Coffee Break, which was airing regularly on the Radio Meanwhile network. Uh, weekly, it was just sort of a, an expanded version of the bookmark that we'd been doing on the other book show but featured exclusively on comics so it really was just kind of an opportunity to geek out and not bog down the all the book show with the many comic books that we'd read every week so when uh, when eric transitioned out of doing the all the book show it was kind of nice to have that spin-off comic book coffee break uh, still going because you know it was kind of a throwback to to the olden days and i always enjoyed doing it uh i'm fiercely sentimental and so with the spin-off comic book coffee break coming to a close i wanted to take a minute just to sort of memorialize it and, and drop the final episode here in the feed uh, i know i've shared a couple before uh just just to give you a sense of, of what the show is like but this is the final in uh, comic book coffee break and uh for old time's sake i thought i'd pop it in here so thanks for listening <laughs> joining us on our comic book coffee break i'm nick gunning i'm eric mickles known online as dusk versus tweak with me today, today is I'm nick gunning. Regular. that's me and i'm drinking dunkin donuts coffee which i like and my wife doesn't like mm. but your wife is kind of a coffee of snob things i wouldn't i would say connoisseur okay i would say connoisseur snob was but you, you went right for <laughs> snob it was harsh yeah this show is not brought to you by dunkin donuts though it's brought to you by the radio meanwhile network mm. Let's talk comic books, but I just, I need to clarify something with you. Um, now, you know the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. There's not confusion about that. You know what the premise is, right? Yeah. Where we, re- we read comic books and then we talk about the comic yes. books that we read uh-huh. in the week. Okay, so you, okay. Yeah. All right. So what did you read this week? Uh, I'm right now halfway through a Batman graphic. Comic book wise. Yeah. Okay. So that's like how you're ending the week. How do we start the week? How do we start the week I strong comic book anything. wise? I used my wow. I used my Monday lunch break to read a young adult Star Wars book that made me realize okay. I might not like Star Wars anymore. And then hmm. uh, it's been a long time coming on that for you, maybe. And then I used my second lunch break for like a job interview. So, oh, uh, how'd it go? I don't know. So I didn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. So I didn't use I didn't use both, my yeah. lunch breaks, and then okay. Yeah, I just haven't read anything. No, you don't have to explain yourself to me. That's perfectly all right. This has happened once before where you had either a, a completely empty week or you read like one thing. Yeah, I can't remember. This one I was trying er, to finish. Early on. Uh, I'm trying to read like three books a month. And so I was, yeah. because it's a shorter month, I was cruising through the last two books I had to read. I'm like, I got to finish these. So yeah. also Hoopla, yeah. my Hoopla uh, only allows for six checkouts during the month. Oh, so, okay. I couldn't, wow. I couldn't finish Lucifer this week. I gotta wait until tomorrow oh, to check out Lucifer Volume Five. My so my library has Libier Overdrive, and it's historically been terrible with graphic novels, but it's like on fire with graphic novels lately. It's cool. You can read Lucifer. I like it. 
It's got a lot. I don't think it has Lucifer. Well, I haven't checked, yeah. so maybe Lucifer. I, I look. I read a lot, not to rub it in your face. I wasn't like I'm gonna. If Eric's not gonna read any, I'm gonna read so many. Mostly, it was because I was in a real Superman high, and so I read a lot of Superman this month. Yeah. Some of the stuff I I read for work, uh, and some of the stuff was just uh, random things that I that I got into. So, shall we? What's your preference? Would you like me to start with Marvel or DC this week? Just start with whatever. Oh, okay. No preference. Okay, cool. Um, then I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, Luke Cage Noir by Mike Benson. How are you? I feel like you've read more of these noirs than I have. Which I don't ones think have you I read? Have. I read the X Men ones. Really? And well, honestly, that's the only that one I read. Might be it. I'd have to oh, check. Okay. Maybe. I thought for maybe... sure you read Spider Man. I think I did. I'm not even sure I read the Daredevil one. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think I was really right. like into these because. I heard they weren't great. And then the X-Men one was fine. Well, yeah. so the, the X-Men one is uh, was written by Fred Van Lenti. And we read that because we were interviewing him both for the All the Book Show. And you interviewed him for previously on X-Men. So you can go find those in their various homes. That one, X-Men, I feel like we both were on the same page. That it was like a decent detective story. But it was like a find and replace with X-Men names. Like it didn't really seem like the X-Men at all. Yeah, it... None of the characters felt like themselves. Right. Which was the thing. So it wasn't even like, well, what would Wolverine be like in the noir setting? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, he wasn't exactly. in there really. No, just a guy named Wolverine yeah. was pretty much it. And talking to Fred, you know, we learned that he doesn't really like the X-Men. So that, uh, that made perfect sense. I was actually pleasantly surprised with Luke Cage then because uh, I didn't have a good feeling from X-Men. But I read this and this just played really well, like a detective story. It felt like a you know, a detective novel from the 70s. Like, it, it really worked well. So I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. So I would say if X-Men left a bad taste in your mouth, Luke Cage is worth the read and was uh, was pretty good. Pretty good overall. So I would recommend that one. Do you think you'll ever revisit these? It seems like Daredevil's a perfect fit for this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to look up which ones I've read, if any. Yeah, it's just the X-Men noirs. I don't know. I guess I thought you'd read all the Spider-Mans. I don't know. No. I did all right. not. Um, in disappointing Marvel news, and I don't know why I did this to myself, but I, you know, I read the, a good Luke Cage story in Luke Cage Noir, and then I read a terrible Luke Cage story by finishing off Brian Michael Bendis's new Avengers run. This was volume five. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly a magical story, like with Brother Voodoo and Doctor Strange, which to me was kind of just out of left field a little bit for the series, and ends on a pretty pivotal moment for dr strange and i thought that was kind of strange to (laughs) to happen to happen in new avengers that's that something that big would come out of new avengers but yeah he didn't have a ongoing at the time okay well then then maybe it makes sense i don't know you know this series to me was bad from the beginning it was just kind of all about jessica jones and luke cage having this like weird domestic only, only it was like a 90s sitcom sort of weird domestic. It was like Everybody Loves Raymond, but it was Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And it just never played for me. And because of that, like Luke is meant to be the leader of that run. And it just felt like there was no center ever because he was always like, Jessica, I got to go get diapers. And she's like, hurry back. You know, it, it was it was not a good use of either one of those characters. And I would have stopped it a long time ago. But it just kept connecting with the other things I was reading, you know, Avengers versus X-Men or whatever. Like There was too much pulling it back in. So I I finished it. I probably wouldn't have, but I was like, oh, I only have one more left. So 
I, I put the nail in the coffin of yeah, Brian Michael Bendis. This, Avengers. I don't remember how I felt about this one, but yeah, that whole his whole time in the Avengers was rough. Really, like was, you had that one high moment where there was a prison breakout at the very beginning. I yes, it started really strong. Like the the his Avengers arc, I feel yeah. like started really strong. And, then, and the main title did okay, but I, I don't know. New was horrible. I I just I just really. I just didn't like that at all. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how long Brother Voodoo stayed Doctor Strange or the Sorcerer Supreme. I don't yeah. think long. Well, this I mean, spoiler alert. This is kind of the the change in that dynamic happens within these pages. So, cool costumes, but it was just kind of a weird like Captain Marvel magic story in the pages of this book that wasn't really about that. So, just a bizarre way to end. Over in DC Comics, when I was reading Superman, like every issue had an ad that was just like Bendis is coming and it started to feel like a threat. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like I think they were trying to get you pumped up, but it felt a little bit like enjoy it while you can. <laughs> Bendis is coming. And I never, I, I got like early, like advanced copies of those, like review copies of Action Comics and Superman by Bendis that I read forever ago. And I feel like I just need to go and read them again because I fully don't remember what happened in those. But uh, I did close out both Superman and Action Comics in, in the lead up to, to Bendis coming. Have you read any of these? Mm-mm. Okay. No. I would need the app to commit to Superman right now. Even though they're both Superman titles, they manage to stay in their own lane pretty well. I think Superman tends to be a little bit more uh, father and son kind of stories with Superman and Superboy. Um, and he, you know, and Lois, the three of them kind of living out on this farm. It tends to stay pretty pretty strictly to that, while his action comics tended to be more of a Daily Planet, you know, Metropolis-centric sort of stories, more traditional Superman kind of stories, I guess. Neither one of them... I guess I would lean more towards the Tomasi Superman title, but it's atypical because, you know, it's it's father-son stuff for the most part, but it it still has, like, the look and feel of Superman for the most part, whereas I feel like action comics just wouldn't stop with the whole, I'm the Superman from another world, Yeah, you know, stuff yeah. that just really, well, it I got old. I wish I could trust you, like, I, I, exactly. I trusted him, but we're just too so, different. So I finished up with uh, volumes six and seven of uh, Superman. And yeah, you know, I mean, I think it does it does come to a satisfying conclusion. I think it was pretty well received. I mean, I heard good things about it, didn't you? The Bendis run? No, no, no. Like the, the Tomasi stuff leading oh, up to it. No, I heard nothing about this, I don't think. Okay, all right. Well, you know, they're, they're both, I think, you know, if you're, if you're a Superman fan, you probably got to read it. N- nothing... Nothing about either Action Comics or or Superman really like stirred much in me as a Superman fan. So I don't know. You know, sometimes when Bendis is just writing a single character, it's it's better because it's not just like all thought balloons all the time. But uh, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember really how those stories go. So I'll probably reread those again. Did you read the big Action Comics 1000 collection that came out? No, I haven't because of me not being caught up. I think I can with Batman oh, soon. Shit. I don't think it matters so much. I mean, they were mostly just out of continuity stories. I didn't, I mean, it's always cool to see the different, you know, art styles kick in. And that was one thing that was cool about uh, New Avengers, actually, the lab, because it was magic, like every page was a completely different art style that I actually found very cool. Uh, And same thing in action comics here. Like, it was fun to look at. It was fun to see some of the more classic Superman designs going through. But I didn't think it was as successful as the, um, like the Robin collection that came out a while ago Mm, yeah uh 
Uh, I think like one of the Batman comics I have has like goes up to a thousand, but then skips it because you got to get the special edition thing. So, oh yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. I'm definitely read, not uh, that far in Batman. I read a Superman in forever. I don't want to brag, but well, I don't want to wait for okay. for your life to be, to be over. over. <laughs> How will this boy go to know oh, it's golden. Grant Morrison wrote Superman. Did you read a new? Oh yeah, he wrote. Yes. He wrote. Uh, the new 52 action comics. A duh. Yeah. All right. Well, then yeah. the last real Superman stories I read were forever ago. It was like the Man of Steel, which was the first Bendis thing, the Men of Tomorrow, and Superman Unchained. So oh, it has yeah. been a bit. Superman Unchained was a lot of fun, but it was canceled. And so it just kind of comes to a screeching halt. Yeah. Which was uh, which was unfortunate. I uh, let's, I mean, let's stick with Superman for a minute here. I read a very odd Superman story. It was a Tom King Superman called yeah, Superman Up existed. in the Sky. It looks like it was a it was a digital first a couple of years ago, and then it was collected like in in issue forms and in a trade for comic stores uh, not that long ago. It's ostensibly about Superman trying to rescue a little girl who was kidnapped by aliens, but it it's much more a look at like superman's goodness and like what it takes for superman to be superman but in a really sloppy way like it 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 totally is kind of odd like there's people are like you got to go save this girl and he's so he's got he's like grappling with leaving lois and leaving earth for a while because he's got to be like out you know off in space and so that's kind of serious but then when he's in space it's like he's waiting at this big like telephone booth in space trying to call lois or one issue he's in like a boxing match with some alien and he's got like superman boxing shorts and so it was, just, <laughs> it was so weird yeah all right and by the end yeah, of it when he out. finally is reunited yeah you might like it. it it might be your kind of thing i don't know top king i normally would like that mm-hmm. hit and miss yeah he, he is he is so, hit and miss but also usually yeah. not even hit just like weird like, is the weirdness yeah. interesting enough, or is it just weird? That's how Tom King is well, normally for me. That's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, I just don't really even know how to describe it. I'm not 100% sure what the goals are, but I feel pretty confident that the goals, like, weren't met. Uh, though it, it seemed like it had decent reviews on Goodreads and things, so mm-hmm. I don't know. You yeah. want to skip it? Or you've read it, but you would suggest skipping it? I don't know. I guess I don't really know who I would recommend it to. I could I could actually see you kind of getting into the weird vibe of it. Hmm. You know, I think it might might actually work for you. It just I don't know. It it wasn't what I was looking for at all. I guess I was looking for a more classic Superman story and this was definitely like let's do something weird with Superman. So, you know, I I wouldn't wouldn't mark it high. Okay. Well, <laughs> I no, I'm just thinking if I want to like he's been so like blah for me lately i don't it's even know quick it's i mean it's it's six issues i mean it's it's a really short run and it's completely self-contained so i mean i i think you'd be fine to read it mm-hmm. all right uh are you still doing your cw rewatch or where did you where'd you leave off with that legends cw watch we're not rewatching anything yeah. uh oh, right, no, we're right, in right, the right. we're just in the middle of flash and arrow at this point i caught up with supergirl and legends uh i okay. i can watch black lightning but yeah, we're still on the DeVoe arc and Flash and the... So you're 100% on Supergirl. Like, all everything that's out, you've seen. No, no. I've, I have finished season three of Supergirl. I'm keeping it Oh, okay. So all right. Watch you're, the... like, you're leveled off. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I keep meaning to start Black Lightning, and we just haven't. Like, Black just I, I, we stalled on Marvel's Runaways. We were watching that pretty regularly. Mm. Uh, and I mean, of course, keeping up with WandaVision. Um, but right now, I think it's mostly just WandaVision, Batwoman, and uh, Superman and Lois. You know, which which just be in a minute. But I don't know that we'll go back to Supergirl. I would like to finish Flash. I I feel like Flash is a show that's best binged. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's well, one Captain, that's, it's uh, not Leonard Snart would say Flash is a show best served cold. Uh, did you see Grant Gustin's all cut now? No, good for him. That's the latest. I read a little more of the uncollected Firestorm that I've been going through. This was about I don't know issue seventeen through I think twenty two, and then I'm caught up to the one collected volume that'll be next. For Infinite Crisis. This was a lot of yes. This was a lot of. Um, like infinite crisis preludes were in here so there was like a there was an omac and like a villains united and uh a couple of of infinite crisis uh, crossover so it was kind of hard to read because I of read that two of those at the time i read okay. villains united and omac okay i think what were the other it was the spirits of vengeance and uh the rand thanagar war that were the four yes miniseries yes that was and there was there was also a connection with that too yeah. so I was only vaguely familiar with that stuff, so it really kind of, uh, I don't know, it didn't it didn't really work uh, reading it just issue by issue as I did. What's kind of disappointing is it starts so promising with him merging with like whoever's nearby. Like that was that was just leading to some really unusual pairings and unusual stories. By the end of this, he's remerged with Martin Stein, and I just couldn't care less. <laughs> so. You know, I'm I'm like ten issues away from just finishing this series, right. so I'm not gonna stop. But the thing that attracted me in the beginning was that weird merging with randos. I, I really right. that was a cool thing to explore, yeah. character wise. So you like uh, you like a Tinder you know, firestorm. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, well said. I don't remember his role in Infinite Crisis at all. No, I don't remember it either. The the main crossover here is he's he's paired up with Donna and Troy, and I feel like I should remember that, and I just do mm. not. So yeah, nothing. Who knows? Who knows? Because I definitely, I mean, I read and loved Infinite Crisis, but I, I can't figure, I can't remember. So I don't know. Uh, I read two random things, and then then let's talk a little Superman and Lois. But I finished out the March series. Did you finish March, or have you only read the first volume, or what? What of what of that series? I've only read the first. Okay. Volume. I feel like the first volume, it's hard because, I mean, the story is so important and so crucial and putting it in a graphic novel is just like a brilliant move. So I sort of feel like this should just be a required reading, period. I feel like volume three suffers a little bit, though, from like, there's so much of the story left and we've only got one more volume. So it's thicker than both of the others. Mm -hmm. And there are pages where it just feels like, like, yes, there are some images, but it kind of stops being a graphic novel for, I feel like, a fair amount of this story. Mm. So I would have liked to have seen it fleshed out into a, a fourth volume, really, because this, as just reading this as a graphic novel was was a little bit of a, like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And it's a heavy topic anyway. So, like, you know, you're reading that heavy topic and kind of losing the graphic novel aspect of it, I feel like takes away from it a little bit. So, you know, but I do highly recommend all three volumes. I think it's it's great. Okay, and finally, these I I didn't like these at all. But over uh, on House Things, we were doing a spotlight on the author Briggs, mm-hmm. and I'd read one of her her graphic novels. So her main series are Mercy Thompson, Alpha and Omega, and I read one Mercy Thompson 
graphic novel forever ago, and it was fine. And then I read, uh, just for this podcast, the uh, first two volumes of Moon Called, which is an adaptation of the first book. It's fine. She's like a magical character who can turn into a coyote, and then there's this whole thing with vampires and and werewolves and, you know, a lot going on. So it's like it's an urban fantasy series. The graphic novel, to me, feels like it's written exclusively for people who are already fans of the character in the series mm-hmm. because it's even though it's an adaptation of the first novel, it's not really a good introduction to the characters of the series or the world. So I would say if you're a fan already, then check it out. But if you're not, I don't I don't think this is a, a good window for you. Yeah, I got nothing to add about this. I haven't read. I don't. I get confused between <laughs> Feehan and Briggs and everybody in oh, yeah, the yeah, romantic yeah. werewolf genre. Well, that's fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, those two authors do kind of intermingle in my mind. Who's this wolf she's carrying on the cover? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. No, no, I do know. I do know, but I can't tell you. It'd be a spoiler. What? It'd be a spoiler. Okay. I'm sorry. Is it her I can't hus- tell you. husband? I can't tell is you. Is it her father? I. I, I really can't. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. That would just be too much of a spoiler. Um, do you do you want to talk son? a little bit? You you. Uh, no, it's not her son. It's not her son. So if you're interested, I can hook you up because I had to buy these from Barnes and Noble to have something to uh, mm. to add to this no, podcast. I so thanks, I though. I own. No 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 no. no, no. Right. Please, that would be my no, pleasure. Thanks. Though. I would love to send it your way. No, I don't need it. Do you want to talk about Superman and Lois? Sure. Because uh, I texted you, I texted you about it. Crickets. I got no response. I so forgot I it don't... came out that week. Your your okay. text reminded me that it was that mm-hmm. week. I guess I just lost okay. track because it came. It was on Tuesday. Yeah. So I guess like you texted it, and I was like, "Wait, what week is it? It's out. Did I miss <laughs> it? Is it still on CW?" So so I. I've been a fan of this version of Superman since he first debuted in Supergirl. And I honestly didn't really think that they were going to do a Superman show. And it seems like it had been enough years since his first debut. It felt like if they were going to do it, they'd do it. Uh, So I was kind of surprised when they finally announced it. And then I was a little hesitant when I saw that it was about, you know, them raising teens. I just was sort of like, I don't know. I don't know about this. And I wasn't, I haven't been 100% sold on this Lois Lane, as I've mentioned in, in past episodes. Mm-hmm. But I will say she, she kind of won me over in this pilot. What did you think of the pilot, kind of coming into it? Well, the way you coming did? into it, I had looked up both their ages, because uh, I saw somebody mm-hmm. say, like, there's a big age gap between the two. I'm like, how big of an age gap? And then I real found out that he, Tyler, whatever his name is. Hochland, I think. I'm not sure. He is 33 years old. Yeah, which makes him younger than me, which means yeah, the and Superman, I'm older than you. So yeah, think about that. The Superman on TV is now younger than yeah. I am, and that uh, well, this is my last Henry show Cavill's of anything old. because I'm gonna go find the ocean <laughs> and just walk into the sea. I'm done. I've grown tired of life. Slightly older than that. I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm older than Henry Cavill. Oh my gosh! Don't tell me that. He looks. Yeah, I think man. so. I can't. I can't. No, he is older than you. He is older than you. Oh, I good. think he was born in '83 after oh, me. I can't. I can't handle so. the fact that I'm watching a Superman show and he's younger than I am. Because I'm looking, I'm like, oh yeah, it'd be nice if Superman was my dad. Yes, but but remember, he's playing young. He's playing younger than because he, he's not aging as quickly as everyone else. Yeah. He, so he's meant to be older. Yeah, he definitely because he has two teenage kids. Because I'm like, well, right. if he was playing his actor's age, he would have had to start having his yeah. first kid around 15. 
Yeah. So it's yeah. it is a confusing timeline because him and Lois meet, and then they get married, and then they have kids, and now their kids yeah. are teenage. So how long have they been yeah. together? Slash, have they met? How old are either like one of them? Fifteen years, to be? basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a bit confusing. Um, one thing that was that was, I mean, I was, I ooh. just kind of like let it wash over me. Uh-huh. But it is. It's very confusing with what's been set up regarding Superman and Lois in the Arrowverse. Where you leave off with Superman and Lois in the Arrowverse makes zero sense mm. that this is where they are in life and with kids and everything. I, I, I think they're just kind of starting fresh because I noticed like Morgan Edge is in Supergirl and it's definitely not the same actor. And I, I feel like General Lane is also a different actor. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, but it is. Yeah. I feel they're both okay. Um, I feel yeah. So there's some there's some recasts and just some difference overall. But what did you think? What did you think of the pilot? Uh, well, I was about to say another problem. Talking about like timelines and stuff is that yeah. with Wandavision, we see her dad bring home some TVs on DVD, yeah. and that includes Malcolm in the Middle on DVD. But mm-hmm. that scene should be taking place in '98 and '99. Malcolm in the Middle didn't come out until 2000. Oh, and uh, so there's no reason there should be a DVD box set of Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, didn't yeah. didn't even go on sale until t- 2002. You got him. So yeah. you got him. Anyway, I'm getting all these superhero shows in their timelines. They got to work it out. I know they really do. Uh, yeah. What was your question before I snarkily complained about I just Malcolm wondered, in the Middle? DVD? You know, just just your general takeaway from Superman and Lois. What did you think of it? I guess part of me is like. As it was going on, I'm like, I just want a Superman show where Superman is just fighting Bizarro and Brainiac and Metallo and he's in Metropolis and stuff. But at the yeah. same time, that feels like it needs to be different in order to stand out yeah. from other CW shows. Because, I mean, yeah. Supergirl could be taking place in Metropolis and it really wouldn't change anything. No. So, uh, I guess to like stand out, it kind of has to do this stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's how I felt too. I mean, it, it's there's nothing about it that you could accuse of being like a, uh, a typical Superman story. I, I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've really on screen seen a Superman story like this. And I no. think that's cool though, though I've got to say in the very beginning, you've never seen Superman three, but in Superman three, there's a big like meltdown at an outdoor. It's, it's not a, it's not a nuclear place, but it's like a, some outdoor factory. There's a big fire that's out of control. And Superman goes and he freezes a lake and he drops the like the frozen particles of the lake on this big like industrial fire. And so when Superman uses that same technique in the beginning of, of Superman and Lois, I was like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you, Superman 3. That's funny. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, the nuclear but, no, overall, scene was, I was fun. I, I mean, was into it. He, mm-hmm. uh, he did a whole thing with ice breath and his heat vision. So it wasn't just like a punchy... Superman powers. Yeah. Supergirl kind of yeah. has a habit of very, like, everything is punchy. Everything is just everybody standing yeah. around punching each other, even though they should be punching each other through, like, buildings. Uh, True. So it was nice to see Superman be like, oh, I can't punch this. All right, I'll just freeze some water I know. and drop it in. Well, I later on, and, we, you know, we'll avoid spoilers, but later on when he's grappling with somebody who's powerful and they're sort of, f- like, flying through the air fighting, he does, like, a blast of freeze breath and a blast of like heat vision in the, in the villain's face. And I was trying to think like, have we ever really seen that? Have we seen Superman fight in that way? And I, I can't think of a time. I mean, can I, you? Uh, no, I mean, it, not in a, the Snyder verse, which can go to hell. Um, but 
no, I just thought I so. it was really, I thought it was really unusual, and it was a small thing, but I was kind of like both surprised and impressed that they managed to like do something, e- even even a nuanced thing like that, that mm-hmm. I truly don't think that I've seen before. So I liked that. I liked that a lot, and I really like his Superman portrayal. Yeah, uh, though it's only like two scenes of the Superman where he's portrayal. actually Superman. Yeah. I guess I mean the whole the whole no, shebang, yeah. the whole package. I, I was just kind of like surprised and, I mean, I just by that. Like his... When he when he jumped into the Superman outfit near the end, I was like, oh my gosh, it has been a long time since we saw him in this in this very episode. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. It's true. But, I loved the like the nods to the to the action comics and oh, the yeah, that, that uh, Max was, Fleischer. Yeah, the original uh, costume was fun. The one that he says his mom made for him. I, I was like, wow. I mean, it looks dorky in yeah. live action, but it was still cool to see that. And as he like lifting the car down, I was like, that's fun. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was really fun, and I'm I'm ready to, for that pop figure whenever they want to make it. I mean, I'll buy it. Uh, so. It's still pretty funny. They were like, "Oh, we've seen Superman," and then he takes off his glasses, and you just imagine the kids being yeah. like, "Superman." <laughs> I know. What you do with that I'm dad? I thought that wasn't it. Like I, I, when he took the glasses off, I was like, "Please don't have them realize it." But yeah, I thought the same thing. Like I was how like, many oh, times his uh... dad walked to the bathroom or something and without the glasses? Yeah. Like, wait a second, is Superman staying in our house? Boy, I... <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: Lana Lang cannot catch a break. Oh you know? Oh my gosh! Rough. I was thinking about this this morning. It's like you can make. I don't know. Every like Lana's husband is just a jerk and I don't know if we're supposed to sympathize right. for him at all or if that's the plan yeah. going on, but I hate him. And then Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Lana's daughter has a boyfriend and after like the way yeah. he acts, I'm like, "Why are you with this guy at all?" I know. Are is this whole you town know, I, just trash people? That's another thing though. That's another thing because I was trying to think like have you ever seen Smallville portrayed as anything but like this like 1950s you know, well, throwback kind of town. This is the uh, first time. Don't forget, Smallville had Fast and the yeah. Furious car racing going on in that's true. In that you're right. town. So they were a but little whenever modern. You see, you're right, but whenever you see the talent or downtown in in the Smallville series, it's always it happening. is always it's always pristine. It's always looking good. Yeah. This is the first time we've seen like true methy Kansas, like in all of its splendor. So yeah, when uh, when Lana's daughter, I thought that like, was interesting. People dying in a meth fire in smallville yeah why does anyone live here move out i know but i think that's cool i really i don't know i don't but it's lana's husband again who was like people were supposed to go off learn things and then come back and give to the town like shut up help superman this is the kind of stuff that makes me want superman to fly up very high and then fly back down very fast yeah 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 probably good i'm not superman here's my issue with watching superman okay here's my issue with watching this type uh-huh. of Superman in 2021. Yes. I see him being Superman and he's being good. And it just makes me hate the real world. Cause I'm That's just true. like, well, yeah, it's nice that Superman is good again. Instead of just like an angry mopey Superman and stuff. Yeah. He's not dark and broody or anything. But yeah. The world, the real world sucks. I feel like it takes away from me enjoying Superman because it just feels even further from me. I don't know. He was flying flying to go to the, I think it was to the, like the first thing. And I just saw him flying and was like, oh, this is Superman. He's doing Superman things. But there's something like hopeful. I can't handle hopeful stuff in movies and shows right now. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. nope, I don't, there's none of that anymore. There's doesn't matter. Life sucks. (laughs) 
the relationship between Sam Lane and Superman was also another thing that I don't think we've ever seen before. It, even because in the it comics. Tends, it, no. It's usually it like tends, a general Ross Hulk situation. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So that was another thing that I thought like, okay, isn't that showing like, me something different. Wasn't that a big thing in Superman Unchained too? And that's not even that long ago. Yeah. It's always yeah. adversarial. And like Lo- yeah. Lois is always like not having a good relationship with her dad, having to like break out because he's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not good. So yeah. Yeah, the fact that it was Superman and Lane hanging out together, like they get along yeah. more than Lois and her dad. I was like, this is weird. There's been a thread on Batwoman because originally Batwoman and Superman and Lois were meant to cross over this year. And that was scrapped because of COVID. But there's an ongoing thing with Batwoman and Kryptonite. And I feel like we're seeing the threads of what would have been this crossover. So I'm, I'm disappointed that that's not going to happen. But in, in some ways, it's probably smart not to cross them over in their, in their essentially their first seasons. I know it's Batwoman season two, but it's really a season one for this character. Right. Because that way, people who are following it don't have to be following both shows. Like, give it a little bit of time. But uh, I, I would, I would be interested to see that. But I felt like overall, you know, I, I remember so like crystal clear watching the pilot for Lois and Clark in like 1994, and it just made me happy and i this pretty much did the same thing for me you know it's not as it's not as bright and like donnery as uh lois and clark of course but i still feel like 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 you said superman his core is good again instead of whatever the heck is going on with henry cavill and it feels different while still like giving me what i want in a superman story so i know it's just the pilot but Mm -hmm. i left it i left it pretty optimistic yeah yeah uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to stick with it. So, yeah, um, yeah, we definitely spent a lot of time just like, boy, it's tough raising kids. Try being yeah. Superman and raising kids. Oh boy, I know. Kid, yeah, kids are my 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 second born is my kryptonite. I tell you what. Well, I sort of feel like the way that that WandaVision was able to take its time because of like all the goodwill for from you know the mcu i feel like superman and lois to a lesser degree but still i feel like superman and lois did have sort of a built-in safety net where people who are fans of these shows are going to give it its time to find it and that that is probably why we saw kind of a slower pilot with less spectacle because it was it was like a double length pilot and you're right i mean we got maybe five minutes of superman and i I feel like that's generous it got a series expansion like they uh they added new episodes they renewed mm. a bunch of their other stuff and then they gave ordered more episodes of this one for its first season which is probably a good sign um yeah but also i do worry about it's like it's fate when season one is done because like you know the cw verse had canceled and it's now arrow and supergirl and black lightning are done but also the snyder cut crap and then uh there's talks of like rebooting a Superman movie with uh yeah uh Tony Hsieh yeah, and J.J. Yeah, Abrams as, yeah. as doing that um like DC's notorious like well there can only be one version of a character on at a time or people get confused so I get worried about that with this yeah but I mean when you're looking at like what they're doing with Flash and stuff yeah. I mean we've got so many Batman going forward and stuff yeah. and we had Joaquin Phoenix Joker and all yeah. that I mean you know yeah. I, it's probably safer I, than I it know used that, to be if it was 2001 definitely the show would not be yeah not be no safe I mean it, my son and I were just watching uh, he and I've been watching through um 
uh, the Batman, and it's now on HBO Max, so we were watching a little bit more. But that just made me think of how Batgirl is introduced on that show a full season before Robin, because Robin couldn't be introduced until the original Teen Titans wrapped. And those shows are just so tonally different, right. you know. The, but that's that was the that was the mindset back then, you know. Mm-hmm. It was pretty astonishing that we had Smallville and Superman Returns at the same time. Yeah. But I know what you mean, and especially because they're going so heavy on HBO Max with all the DC stuff they're talking about. Um, but I don't know, you know. I mean, I hope it. I hope it finds its, its footings and yeah. has a future. And I also hope that it avoids. A lot of the traps that the other CW shows tend to fall into. You don't into. want this Superman to have an entire team of other superpowered people no. who all know his secret. No, I don't. All right. I definitely, I definitely don't. Are you ever? You don't care about Star Girl. Are you ever going to give that one a, a shot? Yeah. Stuff just oh, you takes are? time. Okay. There's only so many hours I, well, in the day, in the week. To, I'm not judging. To watch this stuff. I want to watch Star Girl. She's going to be in the next crossover. Yeah. Oh, and you see, John Wesley Ship is going to go be Jay Garrick and in, in that. Yeah. Man, I still I still That's get cool. mad about the John Wesley ship not showing up in the uh, yeah in Crisis on Earth X and then having that yeah. stupid line "I wish your parents could be here." It's like he is. He's just in a yeah. few towns over. Right. He's, Barry yeah, he's saw his dad more often when his dad was in prison. Definitely, it's insane. Ugh. It is insane. Anyway. I agree. Well, I, you know, we started Stargirl and then it wasn't really, I, I think maybe I would have, my wife really hated it. Mm. If I would have been watching it on my own, I probably would have, you know, yeah. stuck with it. So now that it's on HBO Max, I might go back and pick up where I left off. But oh, yeah, so I mean, so many shows, divorce? so little time. No, just watching it by myself <laughs> okay. rather than trying to make it like a group thing. Mm. Yeah. Like I've been watching Kim's Convenience, which yeah. is so funny. I've been watching uh, Supernatural by myself. Yeah, I play I play Civilization Six, and I put Supernatural on my other uh, monitor, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I watched five episodes. Wow! Look at look at okay. Dean and I know uh, the other one. Luckily, luckily you've Sam. got two hundred and ninety episodes left to go, Woo! so plenty of time, yeah. plenty of time for that. All right, now I know I know you didn't get much reading done this week. Do you have uh, Do you have things that are on the top of your list for next time? Well, tomorrow I can check out Lucifer Volume Five on Hoopla. Right. So there's it's that. a new month. It's a new day. You no, know, I was saying I don't think I like Star Wars anymore, but I have been kind of itching to reread uh, the Knights of the Old Republic series that they put out. Oh, okay. And, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It might have been like 2006. It, it was Graphic like, novels? Yeah, it was the back, novels. Okay. It was the comic series that Marvel. Well, it, yeah, okay. it was Dark Horse at the time when they rebooted kind of their line. Um, Mm-hmm. They that was when Star Wars Legacy came out. I think it was Star Wars Rebellion, Dark Times, and then Kotor. It was like it was also the time they were like, let's do a crossover, even though they were all different time zones. Um, okay. So I've been thinking like that one was fun and kind of like continuity free. I might go back and reread that one. I don't even think I ever read the last volume because it was just a bunch of extra stories after the villain had been defeated. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. You know, I, speaking of Star Wars, I just read Betrayal, which is the, it's by Aaron Ellison. It's the first of the Legacy of the Four series. Have you ever, have you gotten that far in any no, of those novels? Have no. you read the last ones I read were the uh, Jedi Academy stuff. One thing I have to say about like the, the new JJ movies versus the expanded universe, because I'm, you know, I've always loved the expanded universe. Reading this after the JJ verse, I feel like, it's a lot easier to believe 
that Han and Leia like had a kid and then they were like, this isn't working. And Han just like kind of went off and they defaulted because reading this book, which is like, I don't even remember, you know, 20, 20 years after return of the Jedi or something like that. Like Han and Leia are married with children and Luke and Mara Jade are married with children. And they're like next door neighbors and like having breakfast together. And like all the cousins are hanging out. It just feels a little like sitcom-y versus what I, I feel like kind of a more realistic like dissolution of those relationships that we see in the uh, in Force Awakens and so on. Mm-hmm. So that was that was just something that I wasn't expecting. But it's an interesting book. It starts it starts I feel like kind of the downward trajectory of Jason Solo. So I I was interested in that. Is this are you ever gonna continue on in that kind of thing, or you don't think you're? I don't know. It's hard because you gotta reconcile the different timelines now. Yeah, I guess I just don't yeah it's kind of the same with uh star trek post nemesis stuff now that picard's come out a lot of the stuff that's been established in the books for years is just kind of like you know so i just kind of look at them separately but it was just an interesting like it's the first time i've read anything that far past it since uh force awakens Mm -hmm. and stuff have come out and it just that's one thing that i gotta give to the the force awakens i was thinking about like running a star wars game tabletop thing oh and so I was trying to like I was looking through Wikipedia at the timeline. I'm like, well, where's a timeline? Where's a spot in Star Wars timeline where there's not a lot of like already predetermined continuity and stuff? Mm-hmm. There is no such timeline. <laughs> after after Troy Denning's Crucible, I guess that's the last yeah, expanded you'd universe. You'd have to time. go. You'd have to go so far beyond the movies at this point because everything prior to that, the I could not find every day. Every single day. Every is single day. I was like, oh, maybe I'll like run yeah. a game and they run into like the first lightsaber built. No, it's been a thing. It's been a thing that's been done in the games and other things. I'm like, okay, yep. well, maybe about the early rebellion, uh, Republic. Nope. All every yeah. year is marked out on that thing. I'm like, what? Where do people like do this and say like, boy, I could be creative in this setting. Gosh, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Like four thousand yeah. years before the first movie, there's nothing. There's no room for your own it's crap. <sighs> yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to some Captain America and Falcon, and I'm think I'm gonna read that Green Lantern Far Sector by N.K. Jemisin, which is on the app now. I've been wanting to read that, oh, and it's finally there. Boy. So. Yeah. Well, I nope. hope you like it. N.K. Jemisin wrote those that Hugo trilogy. No, I know. I know. But I everybody read her, so. loves. I mean, it won three yeah. Hugo Awards in a row. I, oh boy, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good run. So I don't know. I don't know what I'll be reading. I got the Batman thing that I'm in the middle of is the uh, James Tinian Batman. He took over right after Tom King, and then the next okay. one after that is Joker War. So I don't know what to go into. Mm-hmm. I imagine it will be a bunch of Joker doing serial killer things and brutal murders without actually making any jokes Probably. or being funny. Like he'll kill right. somebody and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, looks like I killed somebody. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's funny. That's so funny. I, I, I tweeted out Man. yesterday. I am just like. Everything Nicholson said, everything he said, so funny to me as an adult. So funny. I just don't. Who do you trust? Even like Heath Ledger was funny with like his reactions at stuff. Like when they're like, you think you can come in here and demand our money from us? He's like, yeah. Like he had this like undercurrent of just like, he, he sees everything as ridiculous, but like 
Gosh. I always felt like the most jokery moment in Dark Knight is when he's walking away in the nurse's uniform and the button doesn't oh, work yeah. and he's like, come on, come on. Yeah. And then he, well, when he that walks, I felt When like... he walks into the mobsters too and he's just like, hoo, hee, hee, ha, ha, doing like the fake laughs and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, how did we get to the point where like Heath Ledger's Joker is the last funny Joker that we had? Yeah. I'm just so yeah. like over the Joker that's just a serial killer in clown makeup. You know, speaking of makeup, I've never understood. We were just talking about this on 902 and here we go, weirdly, uh, because we were talking about uh, Cesar Romero passing away in the early 90s. But why did they paint Cesar Romero's mustache and not just dye it green? Like, why can't that Joker just have a green mustache, right? I mean, that would have been fun. Yeah, but then Cesar Romero would have to have dyed his mustache. He could do something. Seems like he was calling the shots there. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Hey, speaking of 90210, since we're done talking comics, because I didn't read any comics, watching Supernatural Season 1, and I think it continues for, like, Season 2 and stuff, I've never seen this show before in my life, but, Mm -hmm. man, you can just feel the replacement tracks. Oh, really? You don't have to know what they're replacing. You just can't. Yeah. There's so yeah. much. It, it just, you know, they're playing like, I'm a freak. Let me out of my cage. Don't let me out of my cage. That'd be bad. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, so this was supposed to be something. It's a real song. It's insane. Yeah. I looked it up. I think it ends that issue uh, like after its first couple seasons because it started on the WB and then became the CW. So I think okay. during the CW years, it might be better. I don't know. But yeah. Gosh, music replacement. Well, that's I told that's somebody. definitely true of of nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, I mean the the nine the nine hundred two one zero in the CW years though has like train and I mean it's all sorts of like real uh, licensed music. So I haven't dared to ever watch like Smallville streaming because like so much of that like first season is just like you can buy today's end credit song at the on, on CD. Yeah, and it's just like. Yeah. I can't, I can't listen to yeah. them and be like, it's sad when kids have to go, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I just think, you know, there wasn't, people were not thinking about the home video market when they were licensing that music. So until DVDs became a thing, it's like nobody was considering that. DVD, so yeah, yeah. It's, it is. You could get, the DVDs would be right for the most part. At the streaming life is really like wrecked. Mm-hmm. I mean, even watching uh, something like Scrubs, I remember like, watching an episode where it was Elliot and JD. They get together for the second time. And there was a song playing. I'm like, well, that's a different song than when I remember this scene. Mm. And I remember that scene. <laughs> um, I bet you do. But yeah, I looked it up and it had been just such a weird yeah. world. And sometimes it's really specific, you yeah. know, like sometimes they'll be quoting song lyrics. There's one 90210 where it's time of my life and they are, uh, they're like doing the moves from that. Uh-huh. And the music is totally, it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, I'm sure, uh, whoever has to pay for music rights with scrubs was not happy. The one where they did like a Beatles dance number. Oh yeah. I'm sure that you're like, not. you stupid, you Full fools. Scene. Yeah. I haven't. I mean, I was so young when 90210 was first on. I don't remember, but I've heard that there are like full scenes edited out because they just couldn't get around the music. Oh, so geez. that's that stinks. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is. It has been hard watching Supernatural, knowing I'm listening to music replacement and not yeah. knowing what it's replaced. I told somebody, I was yeah. like, "Oh, I, I just watched the pilot of Supernatural." They're like, "Carry on, my wayward son." I'm like, "If that's a quote of the song being in the episode, <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> I'm going to assume that was at the uh, the end credits yeah. of the pilot. So sure, carry on, my wayward son. That makes I sense. I remember 
I remember that show Life on Mars was like a real hallmark in this kind of thing because it was it was all like like Ringo Starr and like all tons of Croce, all sorts of popular stuff. And that was the first show that was like, no, from start to finish, every song is going to be locked down for like stream or not streaming, but any kind of future airings or owning opportunities. Yeah. And that was like the one that was like, no, we're not messing with this. So yeah. I have to imagine kind of now they're just like, you can play whatever you want. Just make sure that it's owned by us, Warner Brothers. Probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so. you're right. All right. Well, hey, did you know that right here on the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the co-host of 9021 Here We Go, yeah, as we were just talking about. about. Yeah. I did, yeah. And outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, I'm the host of House Things, the podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. Got some cool interviews uh, coming up. Great interviews with some sci-fi authors like Jason Fry and Steve Barnes uh, in the last couple of weeks. So check those out, too. What about you, buddy? Uh, I'm the co-host of Previously on X-Men and 9021. Oh, wait, that's you. Uh, 90s music got me like like, that's yours yeah yeah so 90s music is talking about the song breakfast at tiffany's oh yeah okay all four minutes all right one chorus that's a that's a long yeah yeah, boy i couldn't gun to my head i couldn't name another lyric from that song yeah Hmm. just what about breakfast at tiffany's for four minutes yeah doesn't doesn't tell a very compelling story so all right man and until our next coffee break Bye, everybody. From coffee break to you. (laughs) Cheers. No, that's, you can't say cheers. Now we have to cut that out. You know, we started the spinoff with without fanfare, and it's kind of going out the same way. But it really has been fun. When you think about the fact that we've been doing a weekly show together for, I mean, almost six years at this point is pretty insane and a, a large chunk of uh, of our adult life so just uh, just kind of a wild time fun fact superman and lois was actually renewed for a second season shortly after we recorded so there's a little bit of uh security in that right knowing superman's going to be around for a little bit more so anyway uh thanks for tuning in to this special uh from the stacks episode uh taking a look at the final episode of comic book coffee break uh stick around because the next episode i have a special interview with jamie lee rotante who is a both a writer and an editor with archie comics a really fascinating conversation on on both ends of of working in the comic book industry there and then after that our final in our in our series of uh, Women's History Month events, I have a special interview with thriller author J.T. Ellison. So stick around on the feed for that, and uh, we'll see you next time.